Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I am slightly disappointed at the fact that we have to talk about this today um, for episode 94 of the Are We Still Here podcast, but here we are. Here we are. Are we still here? Apparently so. Um, apparently some people have been uh, under, under a rock for the last 20 years. Um, I might add some context to this before I go off on one. Um, we're going to do some chat around um not just misinformation about nutrition but the dangers of it because we me and Jess obviously joke that um there's lots of rubbish out there as we all know um but sometimes you do come across stuff that you you almost can't laugh at no because it's not funny it's like why what what is the benefit of saying those things and in in the thing that we're going to talk about and obviously we're not going to we're not pinpointing one person here um but that's what I think when I read stuff like that I'm thinking why yeah what's the what what are you what are you hoping is going to happen from saying that uh I I think my my one of my theories is um it people believe that by giving absolutes around things like nutrition on social media, which is Mm a fast paced consumable platform where if we're all truly honest, very Mm -hmm. few things that we see in a day actually stick in our brain. There might be one or two, one or two if we're lucky, but Mm -hmm. the majority of the posts that we see, we scroll past. But I think for a lot of people who maybe give out this information on nutrition as absolute facts, even though in these instances that we're going to talk about today is incorrect. I think for them, it gives them a feeling of authority. Um, yeah. Like, like they're right and puts them in a position of, oh, by the way, everybody, look, I know what I'm talking about. Whereas actually what's really upsetting is like we're, what we're talking about today is that that's, it's not, it's when it's not true, it's like, it's so detrimental. Mm. Um, and and I think that's why we're going to, we're going to touch on today. So I, I think it might be a good place to start where it's like, why as coaches and personal trainers and I say coaches and personal trainers because we've spoke about this before where it's like you'll hear people call themselves a coach if they maybe work more online or Hmm. depending on what they're talking about but also a PT at the end of the day is it like why is it within our remit to talk about nutrition do you think Mm, it's a tough one also can I just add in before I forget that I have seen a statistic somewhere and it's the um incorrect information is 60% more likely to be shared more so out of the controversy of it so if people are after popularity and not necessarily they don't necessarily care about what comes from it then it's in their best interest to post something that is not true but that is so known to be not true that people are gonna you know like the whole Andrew Tate thing Mm-hmm. Like everyone's sharing him not because they think this guy's speak sense it's because he's speaking so much nonsense so you share it because you like oh 
can you believe what this guy's saying it's like yeah but you're 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 making him bigger now you're Mm -hmm. you're you've made we made him popular we made him the most googled man at one point even though yeah he is a a sex trafficker and a rapist Mm -hmm. so it's like what but we did that not me and you i mean we as a collective yeah in that instance, it's hard though, isn't it? Because it's like without highlighting him so much, we probably wouldn't have brought him to justice. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's the yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. With the difficulty of this, it's like in this case, in our world, especially, um, like you said, the guy, the podcast who you, who you went who you can't speak today. Mm-hmm. The podcast you went on that yeah. guy said your industry it looks like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And that is because there's a lot of people out there who will look at Liver King. Mm. So much misinformation. like So much, but and, so obvious. So yes. Obvious. Yeah. Just absolute smoke and mirrors. Like yeah. if, if you couldn't see that, it's like... When it came King. out, mm. yeah. That when it came out that he was on ten over $10,000 worth of uh, drugs, PEDs, which is performance enhancing drugs, and like growth hormone, it's like, well, have you seen him? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, are we are we shocked? But then there are genuinely some people that were like, "Oh," and then he obviously did that big apology video, which was bizarre. Social that could that should be studied in sociology. I think it, that is mental. Um, his apology, but it's like, why do you think he was so popular? Yeah, because he was saying something that is not true but also very like different and like, guys, you need to eat organs. So everyone was like, oh, oh. It's like, no, 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 not that, just organs. So it's like, it's like it made everyone like, oh, oh, what? This is weird. Oh, this is, yeah, but look at him. Have you seen him? He's so strong and big and he's got these big muscles and he's like so confident and he's getting all these women. It's like, yeah, he's on $10,000 worth of growth hormone, mate. <laughs> if you yeah. did that and and did that, you'd be pretty close to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? It is totally mad. But then it must, there must be people out there that want the absolute information. Like they want, they want just yeah. a yes. Oh my God. You know, some people say, oh, yes or no, yes or no. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That, and that's what I mentioned in my TED talk, which was like people just have this thirst where they like they want it to be quenched so badly yeah. that they just want the, the the absolutes like don't give me this or that like no don't well actually do give me this or that don't give me any sort of ambiguity in the middle I don't mm. want it and it's like as humans we're so complex to believe that it can just be as simple as do this do that blows my mind um and it's it's so hard isn't it because there is an element of like we said before there's the science that we are we are aware of calories um calories mm-hmm. and macro profiles and all that stuff and yeah they are facts but we mm-hmm. can't deny that nutrition is such a new a, a, a new science that it's we barely so know it's so, we, we haven't even we haven't Scratch. even scratched the surface so even what we think we know now and I would like to think there's a lot of stuff obviously within there that is like yeah, yeah. there'll still be stuff that comes out where over time where we're like oh actually we didn't know that about that thing and we thought it just did this but actually it does that uh, like prime example being like in the 80s not even that long ago 40 years ago people believed that dietary fat made you fat and yeah. that was it that was it. 
and that was 40 years ago so that's not even that long long ago at all yeah, exactly. it's like and then people who cut fat out because they were like of course we we are aware fat has a higher calorie oh, yeah yeah in comparison to your carbs and your protein mm. but then people cut it out and then they're like oh I don't know why I I listened to a podcast the other day mm. with this famous um I can't remember what his name is now, but he's like one of these famous YouTubers who talks a lot about like bodybuilding and stuff. Mm. And he basically said like when he first started out training and when he was like 16, he was in the era of like the 80s thing and he cut out dietary fat Ooh. and he couldn't go outside without his eyes hurting because all the cells in it, you know, like cause obviously fat's so important for yeah, like yeah, yeah. production and stuff. He couldn't even look at the sun because he was like, my eyes were so like, like sensitive. sore, yeah. sensitive and sore. And he was like, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't do that because I think it actually has had negative impacts later in my life on those types of things. But it was like, I didn't know any better. I was like a 16, 17 year old boy getting into training and and, and I read it in a magazine because that's all he had back then. Yeah. Um, but I but know people was... that do that now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's not our, to be fair, it's, it's very rarely our generation, but like clients who say, my mum does this, like we've spoken about before. Like, oh, yeah, but my mum won't. She'll look at every label of everything she buys in the supermarket and make make sure that it's low in fat. It's like that. But 40 years ago, she was 20. Mm. So she was, that's probably what she did. So she's just like, well, yeah, well, yeah, but we can't, we're not supposed to have that. It's like, no. And that's why um, uh, when I saw this uh, thing on <laughs> this thing that we're going to talk about, um. I was just thinking like, wow, have we gone back 20 years? Like I, I almost couldn't believe my eyes. I was thinking, oh, I'm not, I've not seen that said in, in decades. So like, why? And I just think, where is this coming from all of a sudden? Where's this coming from? But it's like I said to you as well, that the challenge is, is um, we create our own echo chamber of people who we think are good coaches and we follow people that we like, et cetera. So when we do see things like this, we're like, holy hell, <laughs> I didn't think you people existed anymore. But, yeah. but, but even, yeah. even, yeah, I know what you mean. But even in the stuff that we see that we're like, God, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, like this time of year, it's like, guys, only this many days till January, you could either be um, in the best shape of your life or you can be stuck where you are now. I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, yeah, I expected that. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're here again. It's this time of year. But when I saw, when I see stuff like, I'm just going to use an example, like don't eat bread. I'm like, huh? Mm. Like that's when I feel genuinely shocked mm. because I don't expect that anymore because I, no. because I never, ever see it anymore. No. Ever. So when it's there on my thing, I'm like, huh? Yeah. Like don't eat pasta and bread. I'm like, tell that to the Italians. Yeah. And that's what I hate about it. Uh, I've saved a post um, because I know we've spoken about it before a couple of times on this pod, but um, around like culture and food and how you, you can't saying like, it's like when people say, oh, don't eat white rice. I'm like, tell that to the fuck, tell that to everyone in China and Japan and Korea that you can't eat white rice and see how they feel about it. Because people don't think about the wider, people don't think about the world. They think about their own little thing. Oh yeah, but white rice will spike your insulin. It's like, do you realize that they probably eat white rice for like two out of three meals every single day over there? And guess what? Okinawa in Japan is one of the blue zones where they live the longest. 
mm. in the world and it's like you, do you not think about and the this world is, yeah and this is when it's like demonizing food groups just because somebody they decide that they don't like it anymore it's like yeah. what like that's it is wild it's the yeah. same with like imagine saying to somebody in alaska you can't have fat and they're like yeah. excuse me I we eat, live off blubber I, yeah, I eat blubber. <laughs> like, yeah. If I don't what, eat blubber, I die. So what are you yeah. telling me? So I can't have... Yeah, it's honestly... It is... It, it's, just so, it's just wild. It is, it is wild. Um, I'm going to read this um, post. It's But the person is... It's the nutrition tea. I'm guessing that's not her, her christened name. Um, but it says, um, you can 100% eat in a way that satisfies, nourishes and aligns with your body without putting down how someone else is eating and demonizing those foods i'm allergic to peanut butter but also recognize how delicious delicious it is to others as well as the nutrition it provides certain grains might not work for your individual body so you choose to forego them this does not make them non-nutritious food for someone else the juice you just sneered at someone uh, someone else was excited to buy for their family because of financial struggles and they could finally afford to put something they enjoy on the table those packaged box of cookies at the grocery store that you nonchalantly call garbage food are providing someone else uh, comforting memories from childhood. You have opinions on fruit and which ones you prefer or what for whatever reason. The ones you avoid are only are the only food that someone's child will eat because of taste and sensory sensitivities, and they are relieved that their child is getting some nutrients. We are so quick to call foods junk, garbage, toxic, bad and sinful, which are all ridiculous. Food is food. Not every food is going to provide every single nutrient and not every food is going to align with us for whatever reason. We don't just eat food for the nutrients. Food represents so much to all of us and we all have individual preferences on it because we have individual bodies and needs. What doesn't work for you can work just fine for someone else. Uh, and then the last one. What we don't need is the elitist and healthism judgment around food. Food is food. Eat what works for you and stop demonizing other uh, other choices that other folks are making. Less judgment unless you like marshmallow peeps and I'm hundred percent judging you because she hates marshmallows. But mm. that, in a nutshell, yeah, that it's yeah. just like that's why even even I don't like it when people say like, "Oh, McDonald's is so shit," and I'm just like. Do you not like it? It's like, it's it's still just, it's just food. Yeah, we shouldn't be eating McDonald's every day. But if once a month, I, for example, me, I go into town and it's super, super busy. And I know that the McDonald's on the square where Lululemon, Lululemon is, downstairs, there's never anyone there. So if I want to get myself a McCrispy and go downstairs and sit in the quiet away from like, don't go into prep where there's a queue and then you're just standing and it's horrible. I'll damn well do it. Mm. it's the morality like you say I think a lot of the time that people put onto yeah it's so elitist onto, and ugh. yeah it's like a yeah it's, it, it it feels very 2010 yeah to me. it's, it's like so the it, oh my god I sent you that post didn't I that um oh god I absolutely cringe it was it was a uh, something I posted on my Facebook like 2013 <laughs> or something that I sent to you and I'd hashtagged it my own post and I'm shameful about it. And I hashtag it, hashtag clean eating. Um, <laughs> the classic. The classic. And it was literally like eggs on toast with a bit of avocado. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's just, it, yeah, but it's, it's just, again, it's, 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 a, it's using food for status. Um, and that's one of, one of the things that me and Sasha have spoke about before, which is 
you might see us occasionally snap a picture of our tea on our stories because we're foodies, not because we're doing it to be like meal one. No, it's just this like, oh, I look, I've made. I'm really proud of it. I want yeah. to show the world. Yeah. Yeah. Just because instead, because we just like showing our food in that way every now and again. Um, but before we get onto like the actual thing that you said that you saw, mm-hmm. why do you think as coaches then we um, want to help with this topic of nutrition? So I think obviously as well, it depends what kind of, I guess it depends what kind of PT that if you, personal trainer for me personally is what I do in the gym with clients one-to-one. Um, we do talk about nutrition in that 50 minutes or whatever, however long it takes. Um, but I am so, I'm so clear to them that there is only certain information I am literally allowed to give them and I'm not going to do any specifics because I am not allowed to and it's dangerous and also what if I say to them oh yeah this or you know don't have that make sure you have this supplement or whatever and then in a year's time it comes out that that can be really damaging for that person it's like there's just no need there's just no need so I literally give they will tell me about their like biggest struggle when it comes to nutrition and I will look at that struggle and then look at that person and think, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. And then so, what they do at home is up to them. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the the, the point that I was trying to get to there was as coaches, why do we want to help? It's because we want to like, um, we want to help them like live a better life, right? Feel, be- feel better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's in our job and that's absolutely fine for us as coaches and personal trainers to talk about that with clients. And I think a lot of PTs are maybe scared of broaching the topic entirely. Mm -hmm. And I understand why, because Mm -hmm. I definitely believe that education is required to be able to go into that topic. Literally it is, yeah. However, if you're not going into it, going in, like you say, like giving out specific supplements and doses, um, Mm -hmm. instead like trying to prescribe the meal plans, which we see in our industry all the time, which is actually illegal, but unregulated (laughs) in our industry. Um, And we're not trying to treat specific things like conditions and diseases, which again, the blanket statements that we see on social media sidestep all of this. They don't talk about the fact that, oh, by the way, actually, if you've got PCOS or actually, by the way, if you've got a family history of cardiovascular disease, mm. you probably wouldn't want to take that advice. Or, yeah. you know I mean, doesn't. It just kind of goes, hey, everybody, don't do this. And it's like, just really silly. So I just wanted to caveat that at the beginning, which is like, as coaches and personal trainers, et cetera, yes, we should be talking about nutrition to our clients, mm. but only if we are in a position where we feel educated enough to do so. And it is not black or white. It is not a dictatorship where it's like you need to do this instead just like with coaching it should be like an exploration where we're helping guide the client through practices and principles and things like that to to help them move closer to that better version of whatever that 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 looks like for them yeah Um, so I just kind of wanted to set the scene yeah and also I think I, I did a post the other day because a lot of the nutrition chat that I have with with some clients obviously not the other ones is that how like emotional the whole thing is and how um a lot of the time it's actually not knowledge about nutrition like if I asked a person on the street um tell me what you know if I just went out to the park opposite now went up to a random person like those people do on the street with their microphones like mm-hmm. hey what do you think about Donald Trump like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if I said 
what do you tell me what you know about nutrition in and you got two minutes I can almost guarantee that they will say oh you probably should eat fruit and veg um not too much not too much quote unquote junk which uh, I'll just call it like uh, ultra processed like literally factory highly processed food um drink water um alcohol's not great for you but you know some people like to have a drink um if you eat too much you'll put on weight if you eat not enough you'll lose weight um basic shit right mm-hmm. i think people would say that um yeah. i think we have the unfortunately like um I think some people would be like, don't eat too much bread because I just think that it's so ingrained now that people just can't remove it. Like I've had people in, close to me in my life that still say that. And I'm like, what are you on about? <laughs> and like, oh mm. yeah. And then when you ask them where the information came from, they can't tell you, it's just there. Um, so I don't think a lot of it is knowledge. Like if I, no. if I think of a client that I have that's struggling a lot with nutrition, the reason she's struggling has nothing to do with her knowledge if, if anything she's got actually really good knowledge of nutrition it's not because she doesn't realize that vegetables are good it's like Dr Nadolsky says everyone knows that vegetables are, are healthier than uh, french fries as he calls them American it's like it's not that people yeah. know that. people know that it's the actual application isn't it and I think it's, that's it there yeah. that's where the the shortcut strategies seem to probably like resonate on social media the most because it's almost like instead of saying don't forget to eat your five a day which everyone knows it's like no let's talk about something else because clearly yeah. clearly that's not it and it's like but have you been have, have you, you been, done it have yeah you we tried it yeah. yeah absolutely and a lot yeah. of, a lot of it comes from like I said on the post a lot of it is shame um I had a really good chat with the client on last Monday um we worked together for about just under 18 months now and and she was like oh I think I want to do a food diary and I was like great let's do one and I said I said right you're gonna do one I gave her two weeks I said I want two weeks of it I want everything all of it I want a full honesty and in two weeks when you once you've done I want because we uh she lives in another country so I want uh, an email and I want what you think first Mm. And she messaged me halfway through, because it's, what day is it? Wednesday. Yeah, so halfway through, which was on Monday. And she said, what on earth? No, just what on earth? I was like, what? And she was like, this is the longest I've ever done a food diary and actually continued it. And she goes, because there's so much shame tied to it. So I just stop. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a food diary for three days. And I just stop because there was too much shame. That's not knowledge. No, no. It's nothing to do with knowledge. And you know, people, like I said on the post, like you see, um, like in it, like a jokey way, like, oh, don't look at my food diary. Oh, no, don't look at that. That's just shame. It's just, yeah. sh- it's just, it's shame with a different wig on because they're trying to make it lighthearted when really the reason that people don't want pe- other people to see their food is because they feel shameful. Yeah. I had this conversation with a client the other day because we did a food diary for her. And um, normally what I ask of people is like, when you ate what you ate and how you felt during Mm -hmm. that moment in time like what's any observations that you had 
And it was like doing that. She was like, I'd never thought about like how I felt at the time of eating until you actually asked me. Mm -hmm. And I started to look at the trends throughout what happened from the morning, then the impacted mm -hmm. later in the day, etc. And uh, I did say like, how how does that make you feel looking at that? She's like, I'm a bit embarrassed actually. There you go. And what's like, embarrassment? It's shame. Yeah, she, but it was it was just so interesting. I was like, why? And she was like, I just think like actually looking at it on paper um, made me just highlighted the things that maybe I've been covering for a while and I was like that's so interesting that you mm. you said that and and, I, and also like I was so grateful that she shared that with me and was totally honest Some people don't yeah and I said I, I really really appreciate that like I know mm. that must have been a bit of a challenge to do mm. um but can you see how that can then guide us going forward because we can start to see some of the patterns mm -hmm. and trends more so around that feeling part because actually what she did there I would have never been able to see from just a macro profile in my no, phone. you'd never see it. You can't say that's just numbers. It's just numbers on a. It doesn't mean anything. She 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 could have if if for example I'd given her a calorie goal, hmm. she could have hit that calorie goal easily. But, yeah. but using things that might not have even been necessarily aligned with what she's trying to focus on now, and not highlighted the 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 patterns like I say about what she, what else was going on in a day, hmm. why that had happened. We had that conversation around it, and I think that is a is a really big one um I do I do think as coaches now as well it's more expected for us to talk about nutrition mm -hmm. and I think why that might be is just like when we coach people we coach them as the whole person it mm -hmm. is a little bit different between coaching and, and personal training because obviously in personal training you've only got a certain amount of hours in a week yeah. with that person so to try and maybe talk about nutrition when they're in the middle of a leg press is is probably the wrong time and place to try and do that mm -hmm. but um in regards to that, I think it is more expected because we are coaching the person in front of us. So therefore, for us to ask about someone's sleep habits or their stress, actually, it fits into that. Nutrition is the same. It's like what makes them that whole person. So it would it makes sense for us to talk about that, as I say, if we feel educated to do so. But sometimes to be able to even just have a conversation with someone around it, like what's their thoughts and feelings? Like how knowledgeable do they feel on the subject? Mm -hmm. What are some of their holes in there? in their week that they're looking at at the moment yeah. what I always, what I always remember is like there was a guy called Gray Cook I think he was called and it, he was like a, a physio or something like that but when he first brought in functional movement assessments into the gym mm. people said like everyone kicked off and was like that's basically that that's move that's movement screening. That's that's not a personal trainer's like scope of practice. They shouldn't be doing that. That's like right. outside that shouldn't be what we're doing. Um and like loads of people got really angry at him because it was like you're giving PTs like the knowledge to do that when actually that's not their scope of practice. Right. They should be. Yeah. Actually okay. over time, education was what won over everybody yeah. because it was actually like, actually, if we're sharing this knowledge, then actually it's helping the clients more so because then it can feed into the personal trainer's program and they can help inform that client better. It's yeah. not taking away their jobs, but ultimately it's like, it's helping people at that beginning of that journey. And I think nutrition is yeah. probably in that same place now as what that was then, which mm -hmm. is like for us to do like a mobility. I know it's, I know like mobility is a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But for us to do some sort of mobility, something with yeah, a yeah. back then it would have been like, that's not your job. Yeah, that's not, your job. that's not your job. Whereas now it's like, okay, well, yeah, but I've got a good understanding of that that I can yeah. share with the client. Yeah. Um, and I think the same goes for nutrition. It's like, no, it's not our um main job, like it 
a registered dietitian or nutritionist that's their main job but we can definitely um share and support their healthy lifestyle with nutrition or we can help guide them with some of the choices that they're thinking about Mm -hmm. or we can maybe share like evidence of stuff that we know for fact that they can then go away and research things like that so I think um that's the sort of position we're in with nutrition at the moment but I think it's also important like you just said with the movement screen and the whatever it's like if I'm sure there's PTs out there that they are really interested in uh, resistance training but that's that's what they do as long as you as long as you say that it doesn't matter as mm. if, if, if someone came up to me and said um yes yeah, so i'm i'm pretty good at um uh training i know what i'm doing i don't need much guidance on their program would be nice but i kind of want to dive into nutrition for me i'd probably refer them to you for example because you're more qualified mm. in nutrition to me um it's not because i couldn't do it but it's because that's kind of not the kind of person that I would necessarily feel like I would work best with. Or or if mm. they said, um it what I'm trying to say is if you're if you're in this industry and this is a kind of you can you can be whatever trainer you want. If you just want to do training and you don't want to do any nutritional lifestyle, that's fine. As long as that person knows that and, and they might be like, oh that's perfect because I kind of only want to do the training. Handshake. Hey, nice to meet mm. you. We're perfect for each other um so you don't need to be a jack of all trades yeah you don't need to be but I think some people feel like they have to be and then that's Mm. when they're overwhelmed with information they got this coming from here nutrition this nutrition and if you're not good at organizing information in your own head the client's going to be confused yeah yeah so it's it's do whatever you want but make sure you're honest about it it's like with the transformation thing we always say just be honest don't try and call it something else. Like, oh, I'll help you fix your relationship with food in six weeks. I like, know you won't. Just say what it is. And if people still sign up because that's what they want, that's fine. It's not unethical because they know it's where yeah, you said. It, it's, it's trying to make out like it's something else. That's when it's like, mm, you shouldn't be doing that. Why don't you just be honest? Mm-hmm. You're not being honest for a reason. And that's because you know that the actual product might be harmful for that person. But yeah, yeah just yeah. be honest. So if that's the honesty side of things. Let's go on to the title of today's pod, which is like, what are the dangers? What's the risks that we're running as coaches? But surely no coaches listening to this because actually <laughs> we we have all good eggs here. Yeah. But and you wouldn't what, still and if you were, you wouldn't still be here half no. an hour, whatever in. No, but if you if you are somebody who's giving out that advice, or if you're a client and you're seeing stuff online and you're like, mm-hmm. is that right? Like mm-hmm. what, what are the um the implications and the dangers of of that nutrition nutrition misinformation. So, I think again, I'm just gonna I'm reading a book um, called Sick Enough: A Guide to the Medical Complications of Eating Disorders by Dr. Jennifer Gaudiani. And I think after reading books like this, and I was saying to Dan the other night, like as time goes on the gap between eating disorder and disordered eating is is scarily thin Mm. it used to be I've got anorexia nervosa binge eating disorder bulimia nervosa um I've got a a, an eating disorder I'm in hospital right and then we used to have people that are on diets all the time um 
uh, assigned moral value to food like wouldn't eat anything in the in the day like fasting whatever and then eating at night um overeating and that was kind of just like you just oh oh that's a bit weird haha bye but now we're recognizing that when it's all the time and when it's a when you're hyper focused like when you're consumed by something and you feel like if you stop something bad's going to happen and there's a control element to it we're kind of recognize recognizing that as disordered eating now mm-hmm. but that's they they they're getting closer and closer together yeah and people like this book is like it's scary because that's what i think we need to be really careful about if like this post I saw telling everyone don't eat gluten with with zero context, like literally allergic, he's allergic to context. Um, that's really dangerous because one, unless you're a celiac and I have a client who's celiac and I went for lunch with her the other day and we had literally and she literally had to call them up to check. And there was one place where they said we'd rather not just because we can't guarantee because she'll yeah. be in hospital, hospital, yeah. right? That is, don't eat gluten. <laughs> don't, please. Yeah, so the context... You'll be an A and E. Yeah, so the context of that post, by the way, as well. So what was it like? Tips for... Tips for feeling nutrition. good. Yeah. Tips for feeling good. And then one of the points was don't eat gluten. Yeah, but it was it was very like, it wasn't e- even, it still would have been bad, but it wasn't even reduce. It was remove. And yeah. as we know, like that post I read out, the nutrition tea, and from this book, one of the reasons people slip into disordered views around food and then eventually, unfortunately, eating disorders is when they demonize one thing. Mm-hmm. They think, okay, they think, um, I can't have that. Obviously, the most famous one is probably carbohydrates, isn't it? Um, like eating just protein and vegetables. But with telling people telling the wider audience that this person has that you shouldn't have it with no context is really dangerous Mm -hmm. because like Jess was saying at the beginning it's it can be to the younger person or the person just that doesn't know kind of an authority thing like well he he's you know he's a professional I should listen to him it's like danger yeah Because also removing, and then in the comment section, it was um, talking about pasta and bread. And that's when I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, we're here. We can't be here. Mm -hmm. When a lot of people, well, in fact, I would go as far as saying everyone I know in my life eats those two things and is absolutely fine because there's nothing dangerous about that. And and the danger of that is if you are prescribing a diet, which that is gluten-free is a, a diet of choice for some people, which yeah. medically they need. But, but if yeah. you're you're prescribing a diet to somebody who doesn't need that, that is going against that rule that we said at the beginning. What are we trying to do as coaches? We're trying to help people live better lives. Mm-hmm. Is that helping someone live a better life if they are eliminating something that they don't need to eliminate for which the re- yeah. under the guise of like you're helping them, but actually it's making it worse? And we've seen it time and time again. We we live in an, a world now where intolerances and allergies are higher than they have ever been with food. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I would need to look into this a lot more in regards to research. But one of the reasons I personally believe that this mm-hmm. might be the case is because we literally live in a world where we take things out, then put them back in, then take things out. Our body has no idea what is going on when we do that. No. You hear about it, don't you? People who cut out dairy and then they try yeah. to reintroduce it and they can't. Yeah, it makes them sick. Yeah. Yeah, but then pe- a lot of people say, oh, well, naturally, I probably shouldn't have been having it anyway. It's like, no, you removed it. You removed it. Mm-hmm. That, that happened to me when I got, I was so young, 16, 17 or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, that's, this is why, you know, uh, obviously the gut health thing and everything. Um, although a lot of that is probably one completely out of our scope of practice but two a lot of it's probably like some of it's going to be made up when a topic comes up there's always going to be stuff that's made up but the one thing that we now know is that variety is so important Mm -hmm. if you have a varied diet you're basically exposing your body to bits of everything all the time if you only eat one of my best friends from uni she's funny she has a really really random diet of like she has like 10 foods that she eats right but it's not like unhealthy it's like I, I could probably no, I won't name them all I won't be able to remember them all but for example like chicken pork broccoli cucumber cheese um like roast she likes roast potato but it's very very random right and but she's been like that her whole life she's not going to be malnourished because there's actually what a lot of the food that she loves she loves salmon she like loves vegetables it's not like I only eat crisp chocolate whatever mm. but if she ate just this random food right that she's never had it's going to make her unwell not because she's like uh, uh let's just use lentils for example I don't know why that came into my head but it did if she randomly had a dal right it'd probably give her the shit it's really bad yeah, because she's just not intolerant used to... to to lentils, but her body's like, what on earth is all this fiber? <laughs> She'll probably just shit herself. But it's not, it's not a reason. It doesn't mean she. But then she could, but she wouldn't because she's smart. She wouldn't be like, oh, lentils are bad for you. No, yeah, there's look at the context. And I think it's that as well, like you say, um, with that hard and fast rule. How many people when they do these things? So cut out gluten tomorrow. They just stop eating anything with gluten. And then they wonder why their body has such like an an, an intense reaction to stuff, yeah. which is, it's like the aggression of stuff. But just like if I had a client who ate no fruits or vegetables and I said five fruit and veg a day to them the next day. Diarrhea. They would be so much pain. <laughs> me and me and my friend Sophie, we, we always joke about this. Like when I first got one of my, um, my jobs after I graduated, they had a, like a free fruit basket at work. Mm. Like they got a delivery every Monday. Um, and me and her in our typical diet culture, early 20 ways, <laughs> yeah. decided that we were like, do you know what? Every time we feel like we just want to snack on something, we'll Get just have fruit. a piece of fruit. And we thought, do you know what? That's relatively like a, a good idea, right? Mm. Because actually why not? Um, we're, we're eating more nutrient dense stuff um, and it, it, it surely could only be positive. But my snacking behaviors overruled the like oh it'll only be like one one piece of fruit extra a day 
It was literally like nonstop. I would literally go into, <laughs> go into the kitchen at work. I'd have like a handful of grapes. Yeah. I would then like after lunch have like a kiwi. Then yeah. like before my 4 p.m. slump, I would have yeah. like a banana. Yeah. And I had the worst stomach pain I've <laughs> ever had, like ever had after like a week of doing that because there was so much fiber that my body could yeah. not handle with this huge increase in such a short space of time. That my gut was like, uh, uh-uh, not today. No. Let's not do this anymore. And, and and I remember us both messaging each other like, "How's that fruit thing going?" Because <laughs> I'm I'm in bits. But <laughs> that just, but you could you could have, if you were this kind of person, then written an Instagram post saying, "Don't eat fruit." This is the kind of thing we're talking about. It's like, mm-hmm. but and it's a, I've done the same when I when I didn't used to have any sugar. I once. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember that. I once ate um a tray of four dessert pears because they're so sweet and delicious mm. and like and oh my god, my stomach was in turmoil in uh, uh, utter turmoil. I'm not gonna do an Instagram post saying don't eat dessert pears. Context: don't eat no sugar and then eat dessert a tray of them. Yeah. Um, but with the th- with the gluten thing, the interesting thing about that is that only bread and pasta were mentioned there is gluten in so many things there is gluten in soy sauce people uh, so are we not eating soy exactly there's gluten in soy sauce um most condiments i think have gluten in um all cereals even oats you have to buy gluten-free oats but i think certain, some contamination certain sausages the certain skins sausages yeah, yeah um yeah it, it's in to be proper gluten-free like Gemma, my client, yeah, you have to be so cautious. You have to go, yeah. you just have to read every single label. So to just my, say don't eat gluten, bread, bread and pasta is bad. It's like, what, what are you on about? The, my friend who I'm literally seeing shortly, who I was telling you about, she is celiac. So the reason I say soy sauce is because I accidentally poisoned her once because I yeah. cooked vegetables in soy sauce. <laughs> and she came around and I did like rice, which I knew was fine for yeah. her. I did like a nice... Uh, like whatever and then I was like do you know what I'm just really into at the minute is cooking my vegetables in soy sauce and garlic yeah yeah <laughs> my, my friend was literally mid-mouthful like excuse me what <laughs> I, can't I was like that. oh my god I'm so sorry she was like there you go know? but I guarantee that person who's saying this if you said oh so no soy sauce then they'd be like what why it's not bread or pasta it's like you're generalizing an entire thing and saying don't have this and then saying oh uh pasta's bad for you it's like you call up the Italians right now mm. and you say that it's like saying when everyone was like ghee is bad for you it's like you know there's a, there's a whole country out there that, that is part of it's part of their life over there it's yeah. like you can't you can't say that a food that is literally like so important to someone's culture you can't be like we well, can't have that like, yeah what are you on about like I'm telling, like, imagine telling Mexico you can't have gluten. What and all the like absolutely amazing like Mexican food that has so much gluten in it. Mm-hmm. And they're fine. It's yeah, just, it's just it's the lack of the lack of context is probably the worst thing. Yeah, because if he if he put remove gluten if you are celiac, I'd be like I wouldn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> but with just without. If you're see those three words removed made it made it dangerous. Yeah, but I don't even think that would have even come into that person's head about. No. no, no. 
but it's it's just it's the morality around things like that like if you remove this you will be a better person if you add this in you You will be a better person except it's just it's just such a weird weird thing it's like the whole superfood thing that came out not that long ago which was just the buzzwords around certain things fucking goji berries it's just it's just hilarious isn't it it's like actually like a potato is a superfood if you ask me because it does loads but unfortunately oh God, you didn't get the, didn't so get, important but didn't get the sexy title that everybody else did like a blueberry so yeah. it's like also um i think it was on a podcast to listen to i can't remember which one now but it was saying like the marketing department for healthy foods is shit isn't it because they're like hmm we need to think of a word for how great these foods are super super (laughs) nailed it (laughs) it's like come on guys i'm really they're not it's just just food it's just it's just whatever and it's like even like people would say if you ask a random what's the healthiest food they'd say broccoli but for some people broccoli is so like they can't eat it it's cruciferous it makes gives them stomach pain yeah, like onion matt's, garlic broccoli. matt's friend matt's friend's got crohn's and a piece of broccoli would send oh, him in yeah hospital. you don't want to be having broccoli if you've got there you go context yeah. people but also he can, he can have broccoli but it ne- needs to be boiled for like an hour yeah um, yeah sloppy <laughs> sloppy brock <laughs> so it depends doesn't it it's all relative so it's like that person, like Matt's friend, could go around saying, "Don't eat broccoli." No, or sloppy broccoli is superior. Yeah, but it's, it's like, like no, it's for you, mate. Yeah, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It means it's relative to the person. So I think we need to remind ourselves of that, and that's why when it comes to people prescribing specific diets and meal plans and things, you've got to remind yourself of their personal agenda. Mm-hmm. Has that worked for them? And is that why they're shouting it from the rooftops? Or does it feed into their agenda? Are they trying mm-hmm. to sell you a diet plan or a book or something that they that lives by that meant mm-hmm. like sort of narrative? Because reality is actually what it comes down to is what do you like? Yeah. What works for you? Yeah. Like what do you enjoy? All those different types of things. Cause it's that scale as well. I, I had this conversation with a client yesterday. Um and one of her biggest values in life is is spending time with a partner, which mm-hmm. I love. And it doesn't it doesn't happen as much as they would like. They both have really, really busy jobs. But they went out for a nice brekkie the other day and um she was like, I, I really enjoyed that. It was really nice, had this, this, and this. Um, and I didn't feel guilty about it. And I was like, okay, interesting. But then there was another time where they went out a weekend and they maybe had less nutritionally dense food and a bit of alcohol. And she Mm. said, I felt a little bit guilty around it. And I was like, well, what were the two differences between those situations? Mm. And she was like, I think it was because like one was done in excess and one was done, but it was done like in a set time. um, And then I just kind of got on with the rest of my day, et cetera. Mm. I'm like, okay. And she, she used the words that we hear in, when it comes to food all the time, which is the good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was so bad about that situation? Mm. She was like, well, I guess it's just not like healthy for you, that those foods or what have you. And I said, what was good about the other situation? She was like, well, it was just nice to spend time with, with my partner. I was like, but did you not spend time with your partner at the other time? Other she time said, yeah, maybe. I did. And I was like, interesting how you use that language, but the context mm. was slightly different. Is it because you did it over in over excess? Is it because you didn't plan for that as much as you planned for that other situation? But you could argue that 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 situation, regardless, whichever one it was, could be good if we were talking about, okay, how are you prioritizing that as a quality time spent with your partner? 
oh yeah, it was good. Both of those times were good. Okay. So that, so it's, it's just really interesting when you actually get down to the, the nooks of it, which is, is it the food or is it how you feel about the situation? Is yeah. it the control thing that we speak about? Is it the planning? Because that plays a bigger part than what we let on a lot of the time. Yeah. And therefore it doesn't matter if PT Joe or whatever his face mm-hmm. online is saying, you need to cut this out, you need to cut that out. Because actually it comes down more so to how you feel about that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly that. And I think I always think that this, uh, I have this conversation quite a lot when we're talking about like going out and stuff and, and, the feelings people have around going out and the fact that it's not healthy or whatever. And I'd say, okay, so you've got two choices here. Either you can fix, not fix, but you can look into what is causing you to feel that way about what most people in the world do, if you're lucky enough, right? Which is socialize and eat and drink and whatever. It's part of literally some people's culture or you can never go out again. Which one do you want to do? Do you never want to go out again, ever? Yeah. Well, no. It's like, okay, well, we got one choice then. So should we run with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because that is true. Either yeah. you look into the why you feel like that when we must remember that going out to restaurants is not something that people can do. A lot of people can do. Yeah. Even, even like people that are not in poverty are struggling to go out and pay for dinner because it's just, you get there and you're like, I just spent 30 quid when that's like a weekly show. <laughs> it's ridiculous right Mm -hmm. so it's like are you gonna be like oh this is so fun that I get to go out and have a nice meal cooked for me by someone else I get to look at the wine list pick a nice glass of wine maybe share a pudding or whatever so you're gonna make yourself feel bad about that or okay don't go out then Mm -hmm. and there's all it's always followed by a laugh isn't it well obviously I'm gonna go out again I'm like yeah but literally you need to make that choice then because you can't go, you can't live like that. What's the point? Mm. You, it's almost like you're enjoying it, but you feel like you shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't live like that. You're, gonna, you're either going to enjoy it or just don't go. But that's yeah. the, the issue is that some people will, will be like, oh, I'm not going to go. And then they'll pick the alternative. But then they'll end up every time they do go. That's when, as I was reading to you from the book, it said, um, in our society, people think the absence of strict and often scientific food rules mean a free for all. That's when it's like, well, if I'm going to go out, if I'm, I'm going to go out, out, I'm going out and I'm going in. Yeah. But and I think you, as well, yeah. there's things with nutrition as well, right? Where, and, and I know we don't like to talk about and spend too much time and emphasis on stuff like that, but it's like, where, where do these food rules come from? Because a lot of the time it's under the guise of helping people feel better, mm-hmm. but actually it's the guise of making people lose weight or smaller, right? Which which uh, we, we, we both talk about a lot. Yes, that might be a goal for a lot of people, but it's not everybody's goal. No. So if that is your focus and things, with the nutrition strategies that you have in place, and I'm not talking about restriction, mm-hmm. the things that you work on with a coach who actually gives a shit about you will serve you for that moment in time, but they're not necessarily there forever. So say, for example, if you've got a performance-based goal, so let's let's switch it instead of talking about dieting all the time. But when I was doing my marathon, I had to make a conscious effort to eat a little bit more Yeah, because I needed more energy for my runs. Damn now. Right. Am I still eating like I'm running a marathon? No, because I'm not doing that anymore. 
just in the same breath, if someone wanted a goal of maybe losing weight, they might need to change some of their diet strategies in the short term for a different output in the long in the long-term game. And that's not restriction. That might be just making m- more choices aligned with their goals in that moment in time. And I think the problem with the do this, do that, do this is like you say, doesn't help people. Everyone knows they need to eat the five fruit and veg. If you'd said to me, and I had no clue about with my running, eat more, I would have been like, well, I don't, what do I eat though? Like, how do yeah. I do that? Whereas actually I knew through like experience but also say if we had a chat coach to client Mm -hmm. and you said well when when did you have your last meal and I said oh it was like five hours ago okay could you maybe fit something in that gap in there would that would that work for you yeah that would actually really work what do you like I really like this okay cool anything else that would go with that maybe because that's actually quite quite small oh yeah Yeah. well actually I could have that with a cup of tea at the same time lovely lovely. okay makes sense so like it has to make sense to your goals but also like when it comes to maybe people wanting to feel better, I think it requires conversation is is key. And that's where the social media thing does made in a little mm. bit because it's like, it just skims that conversation because- Yeah, there's no discussion. It's just there. It's just, there it is. I often find as well, a lot, a lot of people feel like they need to change their nutrition all the time yeah. or like they feel like um, when they get a coach they need how many times have we seen people come to us and they think that and they need to change something just because they're working with yeah, us yeah and I'll look at it and then, I'll be like what's what what do you what think what do you want to what, yeah, do, you what wanna, do you want to change fine. and they're like oh well you know but sometimes I've even had well it is it, it's far from perfect I'm like right that's probably a good thing like that looks absolutely fine do you enjoy it yeah are you are you satisfied yeah uh, do you feel like you're restricting anything no crack on love you're in a yeah. you're in a position that people all over the world are dying to be in. Enjoy it's that, it. It's that perfect thing, though, isn't it? When yeah. I actually say to people, "What's a perfect diet?" They don't know. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. No. Because I would say, for me personally, what not perfect, but like a nice week for like me always involves always involves chocolate, which is I would say to people like. If I removed it, people might say, oh, yeah, that's much better. And I'm like, no, but for me, it's not better. Yeah. And also, like, it's worse, <laughs> way worse. Yeah. yeah. And if you said to me, what was your version of a perfect diet? I wouldn't be able to give you a meal plan, but I'd probably say a bit of variety. Yeah. So then it's like, well, I actually haven't got a perfect thing because actually the whole point of variety is it looks different every time. Exactly. Which is <clears> why <throat> I, I encourage, like, um, we get a, um, a veg box every two weeks and like we will have well Dan does the cooking so there's certain things where I just think I never we never would have had that yeah he made oh that's my fave I I fucking love mushroom soup right I'm a mushroom gal I like it with truffle (laughs) on it I like mushrooms with like put load of mushrooms in something and like cheese and I'm there but we would never have because we got sent a load of mushrooms Mm. So like we had that and then they sent us um, rhubarb the other day and he made like a compote and we had it with custard and it was so nice. And then um, they sent us sweet potatoes and he made Mexican and we made sweet potato wedges. So it's like that's, but next week we might not have that. Mm. So it's like, it, it's about having it in front of you and it makes you like, you're, I know that people are going to be like, oh, but you connect more with the food you're eating when you when you're like oh what can we make with what we have oh I've got an mm. idea why don't we um 
well, we've got a cauliflower like we had the other day. Let's make cauliflower cheese because yum. But then a lot of people go, oh, yeah, but it's unhealthy because it's got cheese on. You're just like, it's just cauliflower cheese for God's sake. It's totally fine unless you're lactose intolerant. Mm. there's the context it's like oh you're oh you're having cauliflower cheese for breakfast lunch and dinner for the next yeah. seven days maybe that would i think that's it it's the moderation thing for a lot of people yeah. as well. like, you just wouldn't do that we can't it'd be run out and then i'm got any cauliflower left yeah it's like yeah it's for example in that instance i told you about the fruit thing me snacking on fruit all day that became unhealthy for me because my gut felt unhealthy absolutely so actually, you could say, "Oh, that much fruit is unhealthy." Yeah, it is. Much it, of anything. it made, it, it made yeah. me, and this is bold for me to be able to talk about this sometimes. Yeah. Made me poo myself, not poo myself. <gasps> no, it didn't. Right. No, it we... didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it I did. It, well, no, when I ate four desserts, my stomach, then, no, but my stomach, but my stomach felt like awful. Like I remember, just had I had cramps all the time because it was like so much fiber. So mm-hmm. I think that's it. It's like anything can be healthy. Mm-hmm. At the or right dose. On or unhealthy in whatever dose that you want to view it. Mm-hmm. Food sits on a scale, right? It, it, it's you've got more nutrient dense, you've got less nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. You've also got food that fills your mind and body with pure joy. Like yeah. that rhubarb compote. I'm sure you were like oh. buzzing about it. Oh. Or the cauliflower cheese. It's oh. like <laughs> it's like it it makes us happy and we can't deny that food isn't just nutrients. It's a big part of it, but it also mm-hmm. like we literally like it makes life worth living. So you need to look at it on that scale of like, where am I in this part of my weekday, etc.? Yeah. What's good for my soul? What makes me happy? What makes me content? Mm-hmm. But also what makes me feel good from like a nutritional level. Yeah. And that scale is always in sort of a a, a thing t- to look at when you're thinking about food, rather than just thinking about it's morality on that healthy unhealthy scale that yeah. or the good v bad thing we hear a lot yeah and also question what you think you know yeah why is it bad why I, is it i'm good? sure i'm sure that it wasn't even that long ago that i was like really really super cautious about like olive oil for example like i have olive oil every day now yeah, but i'm, I'm sure it was probably only two years ago that i before that two years that i was like oh oh and then and then obviously I was like so I just said I wonder hold on why am I and it's because of obviously as we know it's very calorific oil well fat in itself is very calorific so it's probably always it was always in my head to be really mm. cautious I'm not cautious but obviously I'm not going to pile on but that's because it would taste awful but even like my client uh, Jessica she uh, used to do bodybuilding and the other day she had Greek yogurt, but the proper one. Um, it's Faye, isn't it? That's how you pronounce yeah. it. The, the blue cover. Five percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. When her whole she's forty five, and her whole life she's had zero percent because in her head, she didn't. It was just ingrained. It was like, well, yeah, you're not you're not going to buy the the one with fat, and you're going to buy the fat free one because it's less calories. When it's by the way, it's like literally thirty calories less or whatever, and it tastes like. Not it doesn't I, I I you can taste the difference, I agree, but it doesn't taste like minging like Sasha's saying. I think it tastes like a disease, right? <laughs> <laughs> it tastes it, a me, little bit more me and Sasha. Yeah, me and you've yeah. got different views on yogurts, I believe. But also, right? Yogurt that hasn't been stripped of its fat, its fat, is so much better for you because of its cultures. 
yeah and when they do strip the things of fat they have to add things in to make things exactly. taste nicer. so when people then say oh yeah but you know for the less calorie i'm like what are you going for here if you're going for fewer calories then sorry but yeah have 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 30 less which is literally like a blip that the 30 is going to make zero difference to your life right or are we going for optimal well not optimal but like um better health health, gut health um it's full of nutrients right it's actually so good for you and it's higher in protein okay satiety yeah satiety it's gonna fill you up and then she had the blue one and she just sent me three letters and it was omg and that was it she was like what the hell she's like you know what i actually better I actually really like the five percent. I reckon it tastes if you have it with like strawberries and stuff in summer. Oh, so it's good. Got, it just tastes like. And again, people will be like, "Shut up, Jess." That is a very uh, diet culture thing to say. <laughs> it's like I, I think it tastes like um, luxurious as cream. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's very thick. It's very yeah. like very thick to the point where it's. Sometimes I mix it to almost make it le- a little bit less thick because it's so yeah. thick. But when, if we're talking about health which we are the full of fat yogurt is better for you it is and it, that's not up for debate it just is mm. so when people are, oh yeah but you know it, there's a zero percent it's like if you're going for health then go for the like we get the um um from our meat people we get the dorset because i'm from dorset so I represent dorset dairy um yeah. And it's very thick and it's so delicious and it's so much better for you. It literally, when you look at the ingredients, right, it's like three. Yeah. And, it, and one of them is live cultures. So it's like, yeah. okay, you can have the zero percent if you want because you're, but, but then ask yourself why you're choosing it. And that's, yeah, usually, that's usually when it comes out and you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't actually realize I was choosing it because I see it as um, going to be better for me because it's got less calories which means I can eat more of it which means I'm not going to gain weight and then it always goes back to that yeah yeah I think as well it's um I saw a post the other day which was someone saying around like oh if you don't understand the name of an ingredient in something then you shouldn't be eating it but it's like literally a load of rubbish because I don't understand any of it (laughs) yeah how many people actually know what some of the names are for stuff so some things do require preservatives we live in a world where we're lucky enough to make things last in a way that is sustainable and when we speak about like processed foods and stuff like let's not go through a process yeah let's let's not forget that most foods go through a process those frozen peas that you've got in your freezer they're processed because they've been frozen so it's like it's a scale so it's like yes you've got your natural raw ingredients unprocessed your 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 veg probably your organic veg that's sat on the shelf not even the ones that have been interviewed with anything and then you've got the things that are processed. Like we all love a can of beans. Yeah, it's the way it's been. It's that's processed because it's tin. processed. <laughs> and then you go further up the scale, and then you've got the things that we maybe class as like the less um, nutrition nutritionally dense, but have a time and a place in our lives. Like let's not forget exactly. that. So um, we need to remove the the superior superiority complex around food, and also wise up to people who are telling us to stop something just because they because sound nothing because no they say it with enough conviction yeah and also remember guys the people that are saying these things that don't make any sense with no context behind closed doors i bet they're having that like yeah. people that say don't have gluten i i can almost guarantee that those people eat gluten on a regular basis intentionally or unintentionally as in 
so like we were saying soy sauce and then you gotta be like well I thought you said it was bad for you mm. so just uh, and I think it all boils down to and then we'll finish the pod but like ask ask questions we're so scared to ask people who we think are superior questions that's why I did that post last night like ask better questions yeah yeah. If if I if I was looking to hire someone right and that person said don't eat gluten, you better believe I'm asking them why. Oh, because but then you got to be careful of like what people say. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. good good pod, lovely pod. Uh, lovely is pod. it next week? We've got the guest. No, week after. Week after. Yeah, nineteenth. We've got a guest, and then we got a, a guest for two weeks after that. So cool fabulous thanks for listening episode 94 don't forget to Um, share like and subscribe don't forget to share like and subscribe and make sure if you see any nutrition stuff on instagram send them a dm and ask them a question (laughs) that's what it's about okay Bye. bye